Texas won this morning, of course, and uh, because of, we had to skip a, a week, we were off some, I want to mention a couple things to you. Uh, um, going back to creation, we're talking about creation. We're looking at Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created, and that should read the heaven and the earth. Rudy, who is not here, I was going to tell Rudy uh, that he, he did a good job calling me out the other day uh, because he said it's not plural, okay? However, however, if you look at... Um, da 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 I'll have to find it again. That's somewhere else. Somewhere else it does show up plural, I think, in chapter 2, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that another time. So we're looking at this in the beginning. Now, I, I want to preface again my remarks on this, okay, because some people are very reactionary to anything that is said. We are studying the most ancient history in the Bible. It goes all the way back to the very beginning. So there are a lot of things that are left out, obviously, in the book of Genesis. A lot of things are left out. Uh, there are a lot of details that we simply do not have. That being said, there are some things about which we are very dogmatic. Now, I've not gotten there yet, but we're about to get there. A six-day, literal, 24-hour day creation period is dogma. Dogma, that is exactly what the Bible teaches, okay? I don't believe that the days represent long ages of time. I don't believe in that, okay? Um, however, and this is going to surprise some of you, I also don't see anywhere in Scripture where the Bible says God created the heaven and the earth on the first day. Boom. Boom. You say, Pastor Monty, what? That's where we're headed. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, I'm going to ask you to, and by the way, just have an open mind, okay? Remember something, the, 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 the best thing you can do in exploring your Bible is have a position of faith, but an open mind. So we talked last time, beginning with this, uh, about the creation, the initial creation. We said several things. I'm just going to um, repeat a couple things here. The word created means bara, that's, or that is the Hebrew word for the word created. It is an act of God. There are several things during the six-day creation that God barad, if I may transliterate that, um, and he also created the heaven and the earth, okay? We're going to get to why that didn't happen, in my view, on day number one. We'll get there, because the Bible doesn't say it. That's the bottom line, but we'll get there in a moment. So, Barah can mean creation out of nothing, or it can be an act of God where he creates out of something, okay? For example, God created man, Barah, out of the dust of the ground, okay? So it can be either one, but only God creates on that level. Only God does that kind of creation. We want to remember that, okay? Um, the heaven created before the earth, most likely, okay? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, uh, most likely because the heavens, and we're what we're talking about here, are the entire planetary expanse already created. But there were some things created before the heaven and the earth. Now, I'll prove that from the Bible in just a moment, okay, uh, to, get a, to get a good view, okay? It is not necessary to force everything into the six days of creation. Let me give you a little hint. For example, angels. The angelic and heavenly host was not created during the six days of creation. 
The Bible never says so. Now, there are some people who force that issue. I was looking at some creationist, good, good, solid creationist material, by the way, and they force the creation of angels into either day one or day three. It's not said, okay? What we want to look at is what does the Bible say? And in this case, we'll be drawing some inferences from an entirely different book of the Bible when we get down that far. So, understanding the order. Now, <clears throat> there are two views generally, really there are three, but most people, one of the two views would, would suffice um, for what this means. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There's an issue right there. There is a connective, okay, a connective in Hebrew. Now, I'm not a Hebrew person, but so I've looked up the Hebrew scholars. There's a connective word in Hebrew that connects verses 1 and 2, and that word can either be something that comes as a result of verse 1 or something that is introductory to verse 3. And if you start digging into this, there's tremendous argumentation among Hebrew scholars over this. So I've done my very best to come up with some things. But so some people, and, and now, now listen carefully to what I'm gonna say, okay? Regardless of what view you take, it does not engender an argument. Did you hear what I just said? You, you can't run around saying, well, so-and-so's a heretic because they hold to this. No, no, because, because some people, and we'll get to that view in a moment, but. But some people look at the gap theory and they really look down upon, well, that's just heresy that was used to justify evolution. Baloney. In fact, it doesn't. I don't even understand where that argument comes from. It doesn't. Uh, we'll get into this in depth. But fundamental Bible-believing people, including C.I. Schofield, some of my professors at Bob Jones University, held to the idea that there is a gap of time between verses 1 and 2. Now listen carefully. You are not a heretic to believe that. Stop. Nor are you a heretic to believe that God created the heaven and the earth, and then God fashioned the earth immediately because he created it without form and void, and then later began the six days of creation. Okay, you're not a heretic to believe the other one. Does everybody understand me about that? So, so don't have, oh, Pastor Money, oh, when I was in fifth grade Sunday school, I heard that Noah, Noah built the arky arky Noah. Okay, okay, okay. We have to get beyond fifth grade Sunday school. If we're really going to examine the Word of God, we have to get beyond that. And that, by the way, strengthens your faith, okay? So let's look at this, the chaos view, quickly. Some interpreters seek to, seek to make verse 2, without form and void, um, describe the process of creation. God created the heavens and the earth, but they were without form and void. They were a mess. In other words, they contend that God made the heavens and earth in the rough and then fixed them up. Okay, this is known as the initial chaos view. By the way, no one disagrees that there was chaos. Do you know why? Because the earth was without form and void. No one disagrees with that. We'll get into those words in just a moment. However, Hebrew grammar indicates that verse 2 is not a result of verse 1. Okay, and I've given you, um, I've referenced Arnold Fruchtenbaum's commentary on Genesis if you want to dig deeply. Where's James? James, hold up your copy. Hold up your copy. James has a copy of that, probably one of the better commentaries available. So if you, if you want to get into this, buy that commentary. I felt honored, James, because you had me sign that commentary. I autograph it. I, it's really cool when you get to autograph stuff and didn't even have to write the book. I love it. I love that. That's good. But 
Um, the Hebrew grammar, he will argue, and by the way, he is a converted Jew and a Bible scholar, he will argue that point. Genesis 1-2 describes the circumstance. Now, this is according to the chaos, the initial chaos view. Genesis 1-2 describes the circumstances of the earth before 1 verse 3 and not as a result of 1 verse 1. The initial chaos view sees Genesis 1, 1-3 as descriptive of the first day of creation. Now, he said, well, Pastor Monty, I always thought that happened on the first day of creation. Well, uh, we're going to look at the Bible text, right? And we're going to find something really interesting in the scripture text. But we'll get there in a moment. Um, it is something that the Bible never says. It is important to understand that to insert the creation of the heavens and the earth into the first day of creation, as defined in Genesis 1-3, is an assumption without any textual merit. It destroys the careful symmetry of the sixth day of creation. I will get into that more in a moment. Although this view is popularly held by many young earth creationists, some men I really respect, okay, Dr. Morris, Dr. John Whitcomb, who has spoken here at our church uh, in his very, very advanced age and, uh, and is one of the most godly men I've ever known, Ken Ham, other men, great godly men, it is unnecessary to uh, believe in a literal six, it is, pardon me, uh, it, well, back up. Although this view is popularly held by many young earth creationists, it is unnecessary to believing in a literal six-day creation. Now, now listen to what I just said. Okay, the earth could have been created earlier and you still have six days of creation. There is no problem with that, okay? There is no problem with that. You said, Pastor Monty, you're saying the, the earth is billions of years old. I'm not worried about that, okay? I will say that human history, if you look at your Bible in this world, human history is between six and 10,000 years on the planet sort of as we know it because this planet is very, very different from how it was even after the six days of creation. But that is for another lesson. So uh, that's not, it's not necessary to hold the initial chaos view and still hold to young earth or young creation. The earth may be very old, but creation as it pertains to the world as we know it today is very young. The concept of old earth, young creation is not contradictory. It honors the Bible text. Okay, yes, Rob. Very good question. How do you have the evening and the morning on the first three days when the sun wasn't yet created? Because on day one, according to the biblical text, without adding anything to it, the Bible says that God said, let there be light, and there was light, and the evening and the morning were the first day. There was a light source. Now, a very interesting question. So some people would argue that God created what is the sun and later infused that as the life source. Okay, again, that's speculative. That's speculative. All we know for sure is on day one, God created what is light, and that light was capable of dictating a 24-hour day. Does everybody follow what I'm saying? That's really important to understand. So the 24-hour day thing, you can't get around that in Scripture because it's what it says. And it goes to great pains to say the evening and the morning. Pastor Monty, what, why, why that, that time frame? Because that's how they measured. That's Jewish. That's how they measured their time, okay? So there was a light source, Rob. And then later on, the, the sun and the moon were used as, as a lot of different things. We'll get into that later. But light was the first thing created. Yes, Rob.
Okay, well, so, so time, as we understand time, does not exist in the, in the Jewish mind frame. Remember, it's Hebrew scripture, until you have days and nights. It, it absolutely has to. Everything else is eternity. Okay, so because the Bible is clear that the light source defined a 24-hour period of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, and it says that he, God said, let there be light. There was light, and then the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay, does everybody follow what I'm saying? Uh, following that very carefully. So yes, Rob, yes, you're, you're uh, I don't know about the physics behind that, but of course I do know that in creation, God suspended a lot of what became natural law. And that's a really good point to make too, that natural law, gravity, those kind of things, that was all designed specifically by God. That was ordained by God. So that came part and parcel with his creation. So as far as coming before that, I, I, I couldn't comment on that. So uh, it is not wrong to believe, listen carefully, it is not wrong to believe that God created the heavens of the earth. It was kind of a big mud ball covered by water. And then that God fashioned it. And then on the first day, God said, let there be light. That's not wrong. And you say, Pastor Monty, was there any gap of time? Well, there didn't have to be because God is God, okay? But listen carefully, if I say that he created something other than light on the first day, I have assumed and I have added, okay? Just, I want you to know that you cannot demonstrate that in the pages of the Bible. It's an assumption, okay? And we're able to disagree with things that are an assumption. So that is, any other question over the initial chaos theory? Very, it's not heresy to believe in that? Very, very, any other question? Very common among uh, popular young earth creationists today who argue that any other position um, is not uh, appropriate. Well, their arguments are very, very weak. By the way, I've read all sides of this question that I could get my hands on, okay? And the, the problem is do not set up straw man arguments give me something substantial. So now we're going to get into that. The second theory is known as the gap theory. And some of you immediately recoil, oh, I heard something bad about the gap theory. Okay, okay, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Before you adopt a strong opinion because someone said so, research it for yourself. Do you know what that has uh, caused in my life? Over the years, it has caused me to rethink some of the things I was given in Bible college at Bob Jones University. Good, solid, fundamental school, but I was handed some things that didn't really hold water. As a young person, I just kind of accepted it all without question. As I grew in my faith and understood the Bible, I understood there were certain areas of that that could be, uh, could be transformed or could be changed. I'm going to give you a rather, rather sensitive example. When I was a student at Bob Jones University, they took a position they claimed was biblical against interracial dating and marriage. They, they did. They, you spasm on how do you know? Because we, we were in a group meeting, all the preacher boys, and they tried to pump us full of that. And you know, we're a bunch of dumb kids. Okay, so some of us were like, yeah, I guess that's what the Bible says. Look at me. The Bible never says that. Okay. And so very early in my ministry, as I got to know the Bible better, I just jettisoned all of that. Okay. Yeah, th that's, that's okay to do. Why? Because you're learning and growing. Pastor Monty, do you hold the identical position on every single thing that you believed when you were 21 years old? <laughs> no, no. And by the way, if I did, you'd have an idiot for a pastor. 
And that would mean that I never learned anything beyond that. Okay, it is really good to get your mind thinking about these things. So I encourage, what I, what I hope this class does is really spurs on critical thinking, okay, and looking deeper into it. And, well, Pastor Monty, you know, I just, I just want to believe what I've always been told. Okay, I guess. But wouldn't it be nice to know something new once in a while or learn something? Wouldn't it be nice to be challenged by something? I really believe in that. I believe, well, Pastor, I, if I read a book that I, I know I already disagree with, it might mess me up. No, 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 no. No more than Facebook. Okay, if anything's going to mess you up, it's going to be social media, okay? Reading Bible commentaries is not going to mess you up, but, but I've gone on to preaching. Okay, so the gap theory teaches between Genesis 1 and 2, there's a gap of time of unknown duration. Somewhere in this gap, Satan fell, creating the chaos of verse number 2. That's a general outline. Now, nothing else can be strongly inferred from Scripture alone. I want you to listen carefully. There are people, oh, there was a gap. If there was a gap, then the original creation was perfect, and, and, uh, and then there must have been a different human race that lived during that time, and there must have been different animals, blah, 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 blah. The Bible never says that. Okay, don't put that in the Bible. Well, Pastor Monty, that's, that's how they justify evolution. No, it's not. Because if the earth became without form and void, special words we'll get to in a moment, then all that quote-unquote pre-animal life, it all died. Is everybody following me? So it's not a thing with evolution, okay? It's not a thing with evolution. People get very confused about this. The day-age theory, where every day is a long period of time, that's used by theistic evolutionists to justify God is out there, but he used the tool of evolution to create us, okay? We wholeheartedly reject that, okay? Wholeheartedly reject that. So understanding... Um, um, the, the gap theory says that the chaos on earth was a result of divine judgment for Satan's transgression. There's reason for that. I'll get to you after a while. Genesis 1-3 marks the beginning of creation. God's recreating the beauty, perfections, and majesty of the earth. Ultimately, God's creating man and giving him, not Satan, dominion over the earth. Okay, now, how has this, this idea been misrepresented? And listen, it, it, it's fine. I want to keep saying this. It's fine to hold to either one. It's not fine to hold evolution. Do you hear what I said? It's not fine to hold to something that, well, Pastor Money, you know, the only reason people believe in this is because it satisfies science. No. Folks, look at me. I'm not interested in how old that rock is. I'm interested in what the Word of God has to say. And I want to confine our thinking to that and not getting into speculations. Okay, so misrepresented. Opponents of the gap theory view it as an accommodation to modern science, particularly geological science, which came to postulate an old earth. Well, I've answered that already. I, that's not my concern, okay? Um, Carbon-14 dating methods, yeah, it changes all the time, okay? You, you, it's not reliable. A lot of this is not reliable. So we don't know how long, if you hold to the gap theory, you don't know how long that gap is. Could have been a thousand years. Well, then that wouldn't date the rocks to billions of years, would it now? Okay, so understanding that, that's really important to understand. I'm not basing my 
uh, my teachings in this class on science, okay? We'll reference it sometimes, but I'm not basing the teachings on that. It's on the Bible. Some opponents wrongly view the gap theory as a convenient way to dismiss dinosaurs and the entire fossil record. Okay, there are some. This, however, is not true. Old Earth, young creation believers have no problem with dinosaurs and the fossil record. Those are part of the creation and belong to the time period of Adam forward. Okay, so well, Pastor Monty, this tremendous, uh, this tremendous deposit of fossils that was from the first world that was. Doesn't have to be. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't. You don't need that. Why? In the amazing catastrophe of Noah's flood, a universal flood that changed everything. Understand that. We were, in, we were in Greece and we were in this part of Greece, I forget the little town it was near, uh, that, that a lot of the uh, Greek Orthodox monks had, had, there were caves in these structures. It's not fair to call them mountains. They were, they were tremendously tall rock structures and the, the monks had holed up in those caves beginning I think around the uh, 800s uh, AD, 800s AD, and they had all these monasteries and stuff and we were touring around all this, but the, 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 it's breathtaking. And then down, when you get up on top of these structures, these, these ge geological structures, when you get on, on top of them way, way down, miles away, you can see a tiny little river snaking through. And our tour guide made the remark, she said, now isn't it amazing that, that tiny little river created all of this? And when she was done with that, I said, let me give the alternative view. And I said, this was created clearly by the exit of the floodwaters. And you can look at the rock, okay? You can look at how the rock lies and the patterns in the rock, and it's, uh, it's sedimentary rock. And so it's all showing rushing waters of tremendous force. And I went into quite a long lecture about that. When I was done, she's like, wow. She said, that really fits this better. Of course it does, okay? Uh, what happened in, Noah, in the time of Noah was colossal beyond anything you can possibly imagine, okay? So, but, so we don't need the gap view. We don't need that to satisfy science. What are some supports for it, okay? The gap theory is popularized in the notes of C.I. Schofield. Reference Bible was welcomed by fundamentalists, so uh, conservative Bible scholars held to it. Now, but I only say that because of the strong reaction I get from some against it, okay? This, you know, this was not an unheard of. If you have an old Schofield reference Bible in the notes of that Bible, you're going to find that right at Genesis 1. So when someone recoils about this from having heard something but never studied it out, by the way, be careful about that. Pause here for a moment, commercial break. One of the things we need to be really careful of in our lives in general is the knee-jerk reaction. Now, if there's anyone who's ever been guilty of it, he's standing right in front of you, okay? But I've learned that having a knee-jerk reaction doesn't help me to gain perspective, and it certainly doesn't help me to learn. When I respond to anything new or different or a change with some kind of knee-jerk reaction, all of a sudden I have closed off the possibility of seeing something from another person's perspective. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is ignorance. I don't want to be guilty of ignorance. So if you have a perspective that is different from mine, I want to listen to what you have to say. All of my neighbors in our neighborhood, they're liberals, okay? They're, they're liberals, they're, 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 they're Biden-toting liberals, you know? They're, they're, uh, uh, but you know what I do? I listen to them. I don't just have some, oh, I'm so horrified, I'm gonna run back into my house and never talk to you again. 
you'll never win them to Christ. I'm going to listen. Now, it, it is funny, their perspective, and they're willing to banter back and forth, the men more than the ladies. Ladies get all offended and mad, but the men will banter back and forth about these things, and then you know what? At least I know where they're coming from. Let me tell you this, I'm shocked at where they're coming from, okay? Sometimes we can isolate ourselves so much from unsaved people that we don't understand what is really happening in this world, and then that leaves us unarmed and unprepared for what we're gonna face out there. So it, it's, it's good to listen and with perspective, okay? Um, point B, the Bible affirms that the earth, as originally created, was not a wasteland, for this thus saith the Lord. Now this is an interesting, this is a quotation brought in. So God created the heaven and the earth but he didn't do a very good job. No, I'm just, I'm just playing gap advocate, okay? I'm playing gap advocate here, so tolerate me for a moment. But it's interesting what Isaiah 45, 18 says, for thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He created it not in vain, the word Hebrew word vain means not a waste. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Isn't that interesting, okay? It's an interesting passage of scripture. It deals directly with creation, directly with creation. Okay, just a, just a thought for you there. Very important, look at point C. The words without form and void, Hebrew, tohu, vohu, or sometimes bohu, are used together in only two other places in the Old Testament. Both times they refer to judgment. Isaiah 34, 11 and Jeremiah 4, 23. Their initial use together in Genesis set the stage for the use later, referencing God's judgment. Remember the gap theory postulates the earth became without form and void as a result of God's judgment on Satan. Okay, so, so pause there. When you see wording, because we're going to get to this majorly in Genesis chapter 6. When you see wording in Genesis, and then you look further down as to how that wording is used throughout the revelation of Scripture, it's really important to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture, to allow how the prophets use terminology to com be a commentary on how terminology is used throughout the Bible. And there, there is, just as we all believe in progressive revelation, uh, there is progressive revelation even as to the use of words. So it is at the very least interesting and should not be easily dismissed that those two words, when joined together in Hebrew, consistently reference the judgment of God. Okay, I think that's really an important point. And again, if we're going to take the Bible literally, we have to take it by what it says, not what someone in the 21st century said. Okay, I think that's, those, are, those are all important points. Okay, now, there's an excellent book. You said, Pastor Monty, you have really piqued my interest on this. Okay. It's an interesting book called The Gap is Not a Theory by Jack W. Langford. It is available on Amazon.com. Part of what I'm hoping to do with this um, Bible study series is get you to read. Get you to read. Well, Pastor Money, I'm just so I'm just so fed up that you'd even propose that this could be a possible thing. Okay, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, baby. Listen. You know what? Buy the book and read it. And once you've read the book and I've read the book, which I have, then we can come back and we can talk about it together. Does that make sense? It makes no sense to just have a knee-jerk reaction while I'm really upset about something. Okay, yes, Rob. You can be that guy. There's always one. 
And by the way, folks, listen to this. There are no, listen to me, there are no stupid questions. There are just some that come really close. Okay, go ahead, Rob. <laughs> what? Okay, he says you're a new creature in Christ, but you don't get a new body yet. You'll get one later. Okay, so you're drawing a parallel between that and the world's creation. That's an interesting thought. Is it supported? Is that parallel clearly supported anywhere in Scripture? Read more, Rob. Okay, good. No, and by the way, Rob is a voracious reader. His questions are very good. He's, and he provides me with lots of books as well. So, but that's an interesting thought. That's a very interesting thought. Okay, let's quickly, I want to get through this before we're done today. Both um, the, these ideas are re, rephrased, repackaged by me. But they're found in the book, The Gap is Not a Theory by Jack W. Langford. Both the English translations and the Hebrew text present a formula defining the creative activities of God on the six days of creation. Each day, you can see, you don't have to go to the Hebrew for this, folks. Each day begins with, and God said, and each ends with, and the evening and the morning were the first or second or third or fourth day. Verses 1 and 2 stand outside of the formula. It is an assumption unmerited by the text to include these verses on the first day. It simply doesn't say that. Okay, now, now look, now look, look. That's real simple, okay? And in the Hebrew, I am told that that formula is a boundary for what happened on each day. To add to that, well, Pastor Monty, the angels were either created on the first day or the third day. Give me a verse. Give me some proof. Well, Pastor Monty, it just had to be that way because of other assumptions you've made, right? Can we go back to what the Bible says? Okay, that, I think that's very, very important. When you consider that boundary that is set, it is not scriptural to declare certain other things were made on the first day, and I don't care what they were. That's not scripture. Okay, now that's fifth grade Sunday school. By the way, it's not Jewish thought either. Jewish thought, the most ancient Jewish thought, said God only created light on the first day. That was the most ancient. We, we see that in some of their artwork depicting the days of creation. They have eight different periods. Yes? The angels wouldn't predate that because um, Satan had already fallen. Yes, so, so that's another interesting issue, Brian. So um, if, you, if you don't hold to the creation of angels prior to the six-day creation then you have to have the angels created somewhere during the six days of creation, and then you have to have them very quickly fall into sin, a certain number of them, so that the events of Genesis 3, which follows pretty quickly on the heels, could actually take place. That's problematic. We'll get into that more because I'm going to deal with the angels after a while. Okay, point number two. There can be no Hebrew day until light is created. Okay, that, that's the way the Hebrews look at days. And he, Langford gives a much lengthier explanation on this point. Uh, light alone was created on day one. Prior to day one, there was the universe, the earth, and the darkness. This is his affirmation from his book. Point three, each day of creation begins with the word and God said. Verses one to two do not have that wording. Therefore, they're not part of the first day. Now, if you want to force them to be part of the first day again, you can do that. But you have to admit to me that's a big assumption. You have to admit that to me, okay? Because it's something the Bible does not say. Well, Pastor Monty, the Abeka Sunday School curriculum said, okay, again, it's not, it, show me from the Word, show me from the Bible. Yes, Rob. We're getting there, Rob. 
yeah. Don't, don't, don't listen. Don't be, don't be stealing my angelic thunder. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting somewhere with this. Okay. Okay. Uh, point four, the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the water signals the beginning of the first day of creation when God said, let there be light. Note the earth was already present. The work God accomplished on each day is carefully defined for each day. Creation of the earth is not within the defined days. Okay, that's what I just said there. If you go by exactly what the Bible says, that's it. Now, if you want to assume that, that somehow that's included, you, you can assume that and not be a heretic, okay? We can differ. Does everyone follow me? How many know, Pastor Monty, it's okay to, it's okay to be different? Come on, get your hands up, okay? Of course it is. You can have your own opinions on this, and you could have a strongly held opinion, but it's not something you separate over. Now, I already focus on what I'm about to say, okay? Everyone focus on what I'm about to say. You separate when a church abandons fundamental doctrine, the virgin birth of Jesus, the blood atonement. Okay, if someone holds a differing view on Genesis 1, some of you are going to freak out when we get to Genesis 6. Okay, so, so when you hold a differing view, it's okay to hold differing views. Do you know what I like? I just want you to love your Bible and read it. And this is super exciting because it expands your mind and it makes you think as a Christian. It makes you grow maybe a little bit beyond your own pre-assumed paradigm, which would be healthy sometimes, okay? Um, look, at the, look at the last one. The heavens and the earth were in, the, in existence prior to the six-day creative activity of God. Again, this is from Langford's book. The initial creation was witnessed by the heavenly angelic host. I will have a lot more to say about that. Note the fact that angels witnessed the initial creation of the earth assumes their creation prior to the universe. Okay, um, Did God create the heaven and the earth by himself as far as no one else was there to watch it? No. No. The book of Job, which is more ancient than any book of the Bible, clearly states, and I don't have time to get into it, clearly states, we'll, go, we'll, we'll hit this next time, we'll start with our angels, that Job 38, 1-7, clearly states that the sons of God, whoo, who are they? We're going to find out who they are. They are angels. That the sons of God sang together as God created the heaven and the earth. So this, this I can tell you. If I'm going only by what the Bible says, those angels were created, the heavenly hosts, let's call them that, they were created prior to the six days of creation. If we only go by what the Bible says, if we're worried about someone's Sunday school curriculum, uh, then you might have a problem. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for uh, the attention of this class, Lord, the great interest that is here. Bless us as we study your word, Lord, and look deeply into it. Help us, Lord, not to read into it. But help us, Lord, to look at precisely what it says in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed. I need to run over.